0: Storing memories, to lose them again, you'll forget everything when this whole thing ends. You can't even predict what tomorrow brings, but don't lose track of living in the present. Welcome
1: to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck, and each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of
0: long-loved dinosaurs. And this week, hold on to your butts. That's right, we are watching Jurassic Park from 1993, directed by Steven Spielberg. John, you
1: were mm-hmm. telling me
0: just before we started recording that you hate this movie.
1: It's absolutely correct, it's the worst movie ever made.
0: Yep. Well, that's our show, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, Wait, wait.
1: Once again, Semaphore. we've, we've got that. <laughs> we've got that a little backwards. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it is, yeah, yeah. I know it's not like I've I've mentioned it thirty to seventy times in the last year and a half. It's not like I'm wearing a Jurassic Park T-shirt for the photos that we have on our website for the Memory Distillery. It's not like are I you? Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So this is something I have a feeling or two about. Now, granted, I'm going to say right now on the record, I'm not trying to say this is the best movie ever made, but it's one of my favorites. I absolutely love it. And it's one of the few movies where we have this, you know, we're going to talk about it before, then watch it, talk about it after. It doesn't matter. I know the thing backwards and forwards. I could quote the whole (laughs) thing right now to you, including all the noises. So it's just like. Yeah, I know what I'm getting into. I'm excited about it, and I'm going to watch it again anyway just because I love it. So uh,
0: so what I'm hearing is we're going to get some Velociraptor impressions from you.
1: You're going to get some every impression. In fact, you know what? I think once it's... I don't know if I want to spoil it, but I think, I think perhaps uh, Semaphore might get booted a little bit here in the transition. I, I think there might be a special little musical interlude that's gonna come about as we go from this segment to the segment in two days where we come back to talk about the movie i don't know we'll have to wait a few seconds and see what develops
0: i guess we will uh (laughs) no i i i've always loved this movie this is of all the movies i watched growing up I feel like I probably have one of the strongest memories of this movie in particular because I watched it so many times. So this came out during the summer that I had the summer after I had moved to Florida. So I moved to Florida in like February of 93. That sounds about right. And then that summer, that summer vacation, it had been out and it was in the Dollar Movie Theater down the street from our house. So I must have watched it a dozen times or more because this dollar theater was like a super cheap place for parents to drop their kids off while they were at work. And you could like drop your kid off at $10 and they could watch two movies and play arcade games and load up on popcorn and soda. So like it was mm. a no brainer for parents like, oh, it's better than paying for daycare or, or a babysitter. And I granted, the, the theater staff all fucking hated us. But like, you know, But you get
1: that everywhere you go, right?
0: Well, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's that, I, that, that. That's my life now.
1: So, do you do you know approximately how many times you saw this movie in the theater?
0: I want to say it, it had to have been a dozen or more times.
1: Yeah, this i I've seen this movie in the theater more than any other movie, um, and I know it's eleven times. It was 10, 10 times was the nice round number back when it first came out, um, and and that was you know, full price cinema, no dollar theaters. That was just all excitement. 10 viewings in the theater within, I'd say, maybe the first two, two and a half weeks it came out. Like it was, I kept going back. I was taking every person I could find. Like people, you know, like I just wanted an excuse to go back and watch this. It just was the embodiment of my childhood dreams and the special effects and the sound, especially. The theater I was going to had an amazing sound system and nothing, there's, had been no film before maybe since that just the sound effects alone had such an impact so yeah i saw it 10 times when it first came out and then when it was re-released like in 3d imax just a few years ago not that long ago that, yeah i went and saw it again of course you know opening night and and it was still fun and i still loved it so so yeah i mean i have a strong attachment obviously I've seen it a ton and then since it's come out on You know, on 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 video on demand, all those different words. You know, of course, I've had it on VHS and DVD and Blu Ray and digital. So, but like, I I can't even imagine the number of times I've watched. I just have no comprehension because for a long time it was just one of those comfort movies I would just throw on when I just wanted something to make me feel good. Like, so it's it's ingrained into me. I'd say we've we've done the Princess Bride before, and that might be the only movie I've seen more times than this.
0: Yeah, I mean. Say, saying that it's a dozen or more is probably being conservative. It's been a lot of times that I've watched this, And even more so now that I have a kid. Because like my kid was obsessed with this movie. And, and still will watch it very frequently. We just took... Uh, a few weeks ago, we took a road trip to uh, Grand Junction, Colorado. To go hit up the wineries. And like we have the, the Blu-ray player in the car. And he had it playing... You know, in in the backseat of the car. Now, Uh, I have to
1: say, I have to say that in in a a surprising twist, I don't know if I'd call it a twist, but something maybe a little bit shocking. um, I have someone who I'm going to watch this movie with who is my age, but has never seen it before. What? So I'm you never know. I I don't know if it's going to be a positive, middle or negative reaction, but um yeah i it's just one of those things where you don't you don't run into m- too many people like someone who's a lot younger like you know okay yeah maybe it just wasn't their thing it was never around but this i feel like it's one of those iconic movies that there's probably about 10 or 15 or so that it's just like what you know that that shocking thing so that's... so we'll see that's further further reason to uh tune back in with us again after the you know 30 second break or whatever
0: yeah because i i definitely would want to to know what their reaction to it is you know for their for their first time watching a quick little anecdote before we jump into the movie um that same dollar movie theater that i watched it so many times uh during one of the viewings probably my ninth or tenth viewing of this movie uh during the iconic uh t-rex uh flare scene and the rain and all that stuff uh, spoilers yeah i know spoilers right well <laughs> some somebody would have spoilers if you know the person you're uh watching this with was listening right now uh during that whole scene the roof in the movie theater uh gave out during a thunderstorm and so uh a bunch <laughs> of us got soaked in some nasty roof water uh to really add a fourth dimension to the nice the, Uh, the whole movie it was uh it was an experience to say the least uh we're gonna go and watch jurassic park right now it is currently streaming in a few different spots uh most notably on netflix so if you have netflix go ahead and watch it there or grab it from your personal streaming library or you could watch it on any of those streaming rental services that i talk so so much about and when we come back we are going 65 million years into the past and talking about Jurassic Park John are you ready
1: I have not I don't have a funny
0: thing to say okie dokie yes let's go Okay. everyone what you just heard was from hamilton uh and man that was a great rendition yeah that
1: i think they called that one the dinosaurs dance and it's one of the more popular hamilton songs it's on disney plus now you should watch it the original (laughs) dinosaur cast uh it was actually uh my friend nate nate miller he plays a lot of Awesome and strange instruments like the saw, like just the musical saw. And mm-hmm. this, in fact, what everybody just heard was him playing the eru, uh, e- e- eru, I don't know the exact pronunciation, uh, but like, and then obviously kind of folds into an or- orchestral accompaniment with him. Uh, but yeah, like I had talked to him and just. Wanting to do something a little special just for Jurassic Park, uh, the sentimentality of the music and and all that stuff. So I just I just had to find a place to work that in, and he and I uh, put that together, and there you go.
0: Well, thanks for making that happen, and thank you, Nate, for uh, for playing such a beautiful uh, a beautiful rendition of the the John Williams theme of Jurassic Park
1: yeah it's actually just to give him a continued shout out because he deserves it uh absolutely his Facebook his Facebook page and he probably has the same YouTube uh name as well but it's just Nate miller Eru, which is like e r h u uh but he does a bunch of like video game songs that he just improvise not improvises but like takes does his take on them and uh it's just really awesome so you guys should check him out
0: yeah and and Nate miller those are the common spellings so Nate miller Eru who... Uh, that's that's my best drunken pronunciation of that instrument. Uh, think Kubo and the Two Strings if you're wondering what that instrument looks like. Uh, but all right, go ahead, John. uh, I just thought we should talk about a movie. We should, and we haven't really discussed uh, which movie we're talking about. We've mentioned Hamilton a couple of times now and some music, but let's talk about a movie that we watched this week. Did you happen to watch Jurassic Park as well, or was that just me?
1: Whew. Well, now that you've brought it up, I would like to say I watched Jurassic Park this week, and it was awesome.
0: Well... Nope.
1: <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no room for discussion on this point. You see, Jurassic Park... It's awesome. It is awesome. awesome. It remains awesome.
0: It was absolutely a joy to watch. Um this this is a movie that I've probably watched close to two dozen times. And no matter how many times I watch it, I still thoroughly enjoy it like it's the first time. I know what's coming. I know most of the lines in the movie. I have certain reservations about certain plot points or or actions that are taken which we can totally discuss but on the whole as a as its own thing this movie absolutely holds up it's absolutely wonderful it's an absolute joy to watch
1: yeah and uh i i had dropped the hint or bomb or uh, interesting fact, however you like to say that I would be watching this movie with someone who had never seen it before. Um, and overall, um, I'll, I'll say, to be honest, that you know, kind of actiony action dino movie is not a genre that would necessarily be within her forte. Sure. Um, be, that being said, uh, I think that she enjoyed it and thought, especially the the, the dinosaur effects, everything held up. Even though it's you know almost thirty years old, and so I, I take that as a win because why not? But um, but yeah, like from from the very beginning, uh, where where we just have the introduction of the the danger of you know working with dinosaurs, and uh, despite no matter how many tasers you have on hand, um, it just was I, I was just transported, and and it's so strange to talk about this movie because so much of what goes on. There are individual elements that are like, and then there's things that are especially good. But just from my viewpoint, I just get transported to this place where I just feel good, where I can kind of escape to a world where my childhood dreams are, you know, realized and seeing dinosaurs. I mean, it's still an adult dream. I don't know who I'm kidding. I would, (laughs) I would absolutely love to go to a Jurassic park and knowing full well, I probably would not make it out alive and I'm still, I'm okay with that.
0: Well, but here's the thing is like, you're right. It's fucking beautiful visually. Even now, like even in 2020, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's damn close. And if you showed this to a 10-year-old Anthony and said, you know, profess to the world and profess to, to, stood over me and said, this is what is real. Those dinosaurs are real. They are actually touching actual dinosaurs that are alive and cloned from uh, mosquito blood in amber or whatever. Uh, Yeah, you'd have my attention. I would totally believe it. Absolutely. 100% dinosaurs are real. Like, that's that is what i would accept because that's how good this movie looked back in 1993 and that's how good this movie still looks today like yeah, yeah obviously that- there's some stuff that's that's animatronic or or you know superimposed or whatever but on the whole it's really difficult to 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 discern in a lot of different scenes one good example is when they first see the brachiosaurus and they're like, they get out of the Jeep and you see this very tiny uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern and uh, uh, Richard Attenborough and these ginormous dinosaurs that are eating out of trees. And there's a depth and there's the proper shadowing and and the tone of the shadows and everything. There, There was such careful attention paid to those details and it worked out so, so well.
1: Yeah, the, the, the lighting, the texture, the scale of it all, and, and when, especially when you're in a theater or if you have a particularly boisterous sound system, um, like when any of the dinosaurs, the large ones, are moving about, whether it be a Tyrannosaurus rex or a Brachiosaurus, mm-hmm. you have that deep bass when their footsteps hit the ground, like it just it just shakes the world mm-hmm. and and like that, that legend of you know the naming of dinosaurs coming, you know, the thunder lizard and all, like just employing that feel for the enormity, just getting that scale right, I think was very important, and they they did a, a great job of it. I feel like even in sub, subsequent movies, I mean, subsequent sequels of, of Jurassic Park, there are times when. They lean more heavily on CGI than they do on practical effects and puppetry and animatronics and all that good stuff. And there are times when you know it's more advanced technically. It just doesn't look as real. It doesn't feel very tactile. It looks just like, oh, that's a cool effect. But you don't feel any physical presence to what you're looking at.
0: Yeah, and I think that the depth that comes from sound in this movie is, you're right, especially poignant like, I watched this on surround sound with a subwoofer, and I, I, I made sure to turn the bass up just like a notch or two above what I had it because I really wanted to get that, that feel because I knew it was coming. So I wanted to get that nice rumble from, you know, footsteps and, and even roars. And it, it paid off in, in, you know, absolutely, uh, it was wonderful. Uh one thing real quick. Uh we've now both said animatronic. I believe the correct pronunciation is autoerotica.
1: Auto erotica, yeah. That's definitely the right way to say that. It's not an awkward joke that was really <laughs> inserted into a, <laughs> a movie. <laughs> like I, I love how the like let's let's get the kids in the room, let's make this a family adventure. I mean, Mom, like, what the, does auto
0: like, mean? can we put just
1: a, like a little joke in there? Cause it'd be funny to us. It's like straight face delivery. He really thought those were interchangeable words. You can't argue.
0: I guess. And he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. So he knows <laughs> words. Oh man.
1: So you were trying, basically you were trying to get the, the audio controls just right for a, the maximum experience, right?
0: Agreed. Yes.
1: Well, Anthony, <laughs> The kind of control you're attempting simply—it's not possible.
0: Well, you know, I spent so much time on whether or not I could that I didn't really think about if I should.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. We should just edit that out. That was—we should. That it, was terrible. That was just. There was no energy, no real good. That was just poorly <laughs> crammed in there. It Just—it sounded it just like auto erotica. <laughs> yeah, it's just like auto erotica. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have become the things we mock
0: <laughs> the snake has eaten his tail uh, you know one element of this movie that stays with me e- even God, 27 years now since this movie came out so 27 years on one thing that stays with me is the terror that happens every time I watch this movie like I've seen this at least two dozen times and between the T-Rex fence scene where he's, you know, she's she's attacking the car with the kids in it, or the maintenance shed where Ellie is, you know, getting attacked by the uh, the the Velociraptors, or the kitchen scene where the kids are getting tracked by the Velociraptors, like I get worked up. I know it's coming. I've seen this so many times. I know what's going to happen, but I still get anxiety over it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 up there. I noticed even more than usual just how like I, I there's something that goes on in this entire series where the filmmakers think that they're going to get an automatic buy-in by putting little kids in trouble. And like after and maybe, you know, if we're only talking about this movie and not sequels, it's just kind of there and it makes sense they're there because they're, you know, John Hammond and I could see it making sense to him to bring his grandkids to to witness his, you know, amazing achievement. But it's just like that idea that, you know, an adult being chased down and murdered by a dinosaur is one thing, but a little kid being chased down by a dinosaur is super tense. And it's like, I don't know, I think i could do without kids i think they're horrible and stupid and no one really likes kids so why have them in a movie
0: fair yeah uh disclaimer real quick Uh, john's not on i'm actually recording this separately Uh, i don't necessarily feel the same way about kids i have one of my own he's wonderful and i have nieces and nephews they're they're lovely as well uh just i wanted to make sure that was very clear i don't necessarily align with john on that point but uh that's I'm agreeing with him for the purposes of the show. So anyway,
1: uh, I can't believe that you agree with me for the purposes of just general agreement. And no yep. other reason I was surprised by that.
0: A- absolutely. Yeah. Huh?
1: Well, yep, full stop. Y- yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just all, uh, just all flutter. Cause you know, I just watched Jurassic park and it made
0: me happy. Question. Answer. What's your
1: favorite dinosaur?
0: Oh, boy. Uh, my favorite dinosaur in general or my favorite dinosaur in Jurassic Park?
1: Yeah, either,
0: either is fine. I, so we'll go with Jurassic Park because I feel like that's a, a much more finite list. And like we could go you know, all day, especially if we go into the sequels. Uh, I will say my favorite dinosaur in Jurassic Park is the Dilophosaurus. Hmm. Uh,
1: is that just because you hate Newman? N-
0: yes, but I, and weirdly, I love Wayne Knight. I I just <laughs> I happen to hate Newman and Nedry. Like Nedry is a dick and deserved everything that he got. But I, I love Wayne Knight as an actor and as a performer as a person. He's just absolutely wonderful. Uh, but the the scene uh, where he's got the Dilophosaurus there and he's like got the stick. Get the stick. Get the stick. Stupid. Yeah. No wonder you're extinct like that whole interaction between him and this dinosaur is just fantastic and getting you know get, getting the uh the whatever the venom all over his shirt and he's like it's all super sticky and then he gets it in his eyes and then that entire now, thing I, was just i probably the, one of my favorite scenes in the movie i
1: i, I i'm not going to argue about that of course i am going to mention that right before that is maybe one of the things that sticks out most in the entire movie that might come close to annoying me, and it's the littlest thing in the world. It's such a small thing, but for for the amazing job they do throughout this entire movie on the audio editing side of things, mm-hmm. everything from the levels of the the musical score to I have a feeling I know sound what you are gonna say. You you should because you've seen this movie before a lot of times. It's when he's going down to hook up the, you know, the uh, good old thingamajig with the thing on it. <laughs> what, what What the hell? What the, is that thing the winch. The, the winch. The winch, yes. The winch. And he slips on the waterfall thing and falls and slides down.
0: <laughs> There's the a slide whistle.
1: <laughs> he gets the cartoon slide whistle. Just as he's falling. And it's, and it's so, it's like, I, it irritates me so much that that exists. I really ought to create a version of this movie for myself where so, I just edit that sound out because...
0: Uh, there are two Wayne Knight sound bits, and that's one of them. The other one is a little less obvious unless you're paying attention and have seen this, you know, a couple dozen times. Wayne Knights laugh when they are <laughs> at the the little... like Cafe. Him and, and Dotson are... At the cafe, and which, by the way, is not in Costa Rica. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, sure, the they're at the cafe, and like, Dotsen opens up the the barbasol container, and he does that laugh. That laugh is prevalent throughout the rest of the movie as a sound that the dinosaurs make. Oh, really? Like, and it may not necessarily be the same exact sound, but it's very similar. Like, it's that very high-pitched whine, like, <laughs> but it's,
1: but it, it, just, it's louder kind of and it's
0: more pronounced and you get it with, like, the velociraptors especially. Yeah, I
1: think now is the best time to do some of our dinosaur sound effects.
0: <laughs> That's my T-Rex. That's, <laughs>
1: That's... <laughs> That's my gold boom Nice. Um. No, uh, I think Bloom is not a dinosaur yet. Huh, huh, huh. That's my Pee-wee Herman
0: dinosaur.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. They make have you seen
0: noises. the cut? Have you seen the cut where Pee-wee Herman is chasing the jeep? <laughs> no, I have not. Oh God, it's so great! Everyone, go look this up on YouTube. Look at Pee-wee Herman Jurassic Park, and it's Pee-wee Herman on his bike uh, as. The, in place of the Tyrannosaurus Rex chasing the Jeep that Ellie and Muldoon and uh, and Ian Malcolm are on, and yeah, that's it's, it. Sounds pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing. It's very funny. It's very enjoyable. I would go watch it. Uh so I I mentioned, and we'll get back to the plot in a few minutes, but I mentioned that the. The cafe is not actually in Costa Rica. Most of this film was made in Hawaii, uh, mm-hmm. specifically on the island of Kauai, and I had the opportunity to go on vacation with my wife and my son to Kauai, and we went and we checked out a bunch of these spots. We went to like uh, the overlook of the landing pad where the helicopter takes off and lands, and uh we went to the we didn't get all the way up to where the gate was but we went up to sort of the the trailhead uh but it was very rainy it was very slippery we didn't want to take any chances the the gate no, the as, as i understand falls. it is gone yes the slide whistle falls uh the, as i understand it the gate is gone but uh the the location is like a marker there or something like that uh and you know a bunch of the the different sort of visual like the, the the landscape shots and stuff like that we got to see a whole bunch of that it was very very cool but yeah most of this movie i don't think any of this movie was actually shot in costa rica uh or did you get to see any of costa
1: rica did you get to see any of the dinosaurs i did but they had already
0: tour? evolved into chickens yeah that happens so much it does Yeah, it's a six foot turkey
1: that doesn't sound scary yeah <laughs> So what could you possibly have a problem with in this movie that would distract you from the pure glory of existing dinosaurs?
0: Well, you've talked about it in a different episode. Uh, my chief complaint is with Lex. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lex was played by the same little girl who was in Tremors. And my chief complaint is this. So she professes herself to be a hacker. She's Mm. she's very, 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 very smart, very good with computers. But when she sits in front of the computer when they're trying to get the doors locked and says, oh, this is Unix. I know this. It takes her forever to get to the door locks. You're a hacker, and you're messing around with a GUI, a, a graphical user interface. Why aren't you pulling up a command line and, and pulling up directories and figuring out where you need to go?
1: You know why it doesn't bother me? Because she's a kid. She doesn't know anything. Everybody, every kid thinks there's something. Like we said earlier, Anthony and I are in totally agreement that kids are horrible. And this kid, given the grown-ups false hope, you know, they were able to just kick back, relax, lean against that door, and just be like, yeah, do your hacking thing. And by hack, she meant click on the boxes labeled the thing. Like, I hack all the time on my computer. I'm an expert hacker. Sometimes I want to open Google Chrome, and I, I hack into the computer, and I click on the Google Chrome button. It's amazing. Like, I could probably save us from dinosaurs quicker than that,
0: stupid kids. Hey, everyone. It's Anthony again. I just really <laughs> I want to make sure that everyone is aware. Again, I do not necessarily agree with John about kids. I... I'm fine with kids, they're they're perfectly fine they're, I, I don't have a problem with kids It's This is pretty much a John Oldley thing Just want to make sure everyone's aware Alright, I'm going to drop us right back where we left off And there we go
1: And that's the last time I'll do my Richard Attenborough impersonation
0: Well, you know, I, I thought it was pretty good So if you wanted to do it again at some point, like that's totally fine One other minor issue that I had Mm-hmm. And it's very minor, and I understand why it was sort of overlooked. It, it turned into kind of a, a, a good plot point and a good visual thing. The fence, the perimeter fence, uh, when, <laughs> uh, when Alan and the kids are climbing up and over and back down, there were numerous gaps where Tim and or Lex could have fit through... The gaps in the fence. Anthony, 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 <laughs> I hate
1: to keep coming back to this, but kids are stupid, and this movie did a good job of showing us the truth in the matter. And so they just they they saw their their superior, their elder, go up and climb over, and they're like, "This is the only way." And so you know, I you can't blame the movie. It just showed that kids are kind of dumb. But let's, let's stop talking about how dumb kids are, because no one wants to hear you, Anthony, profess how that's definitely your opinion over and over again. I right. Think that, no, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I agree. I don't think that anybody wants to hear any more about how, how, how dumb I think kids are. Hey, guys, it's Anthony. Real quick, just one last time. Uh, I don't think kids are dumb. There's a lot of really smart kids out there, and this is mostly a John thing. So just wanted to, again, bring that up. Uh, back to the show. So anyway... Uh, hey, 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 hey! Hold on,
1: one second. I have what's that over there, Anthony? Hey, everybody, it's John. Uh, I just want to take a second while Anthony's distracted by me pointing at the shiny thing on the other side of the room. Hey, what's the shiny thing? And let you know thing? that that uh, <laughs> that uh, we we definitely we both are big fans of kids. It's just a bit I'm doing uh, for the show, but don't tell Anthony because because then he'll probably want to show me Man, pictures of, of his kid. <laughs>
0: i i think he's coming back so everyone quick hide oh and back
1: to the show sorry i thought
0: i i thought i saw something but
1: i guess it wasn't anything Ah, did you see how
0: shiny that was
1: that was yeah that was that was pretty shiny um oh god yeah there's that The child in peril thing, again, it keeps coming up and I don't know if maybe it's just because I've seen the movie so many times, but it's like, like it keeps layering on top thing on top of thing where it's like every little thing that could go wrong. It's like there's not a moment to really breathe because if you're not being attacked by a Tyrannosaurus Rex, you're falling off the side of a cement bridge thing or you're stuck in a tree or you're falling down a tree, or a car's falling on down on top of you, or you're climbing a fence that's getting electrocuted, or you're being chased by dinosaurs 400 times, or you're climbing on a skeleton of a dinosaur, and then you're getting attacked by a dinosaur, and then you fall, and then the skeleton of the dinosaur falls on you, but doesn't quite fall on you, and then the dinosaur's there. It's just, it's non-stop. So yeah, so if you don't like uh, people or kids being in peril in your movies, then don't watch Jurassic Park. Other than that, it's perfect. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, actually, I'm glad you brought up the tree thing. So there was there was this one point where I thought it was really, really super well acted on Tim's part. Is when Alan climbs up the tree and he opens the door and like you have Tim kind of huddled in the car and Alan goes, "Tim, are you okay?" And he goes. I I threw up. And he had that sound on his voice like he might do it again. Like, that... That was expert-level child acting.
1: Alright, then. I'll take your word for it. I... I think that's a good, and then immediately following up the good acting, then they have bad stunt choices because they start to climb under the car. That's about to crash down on them. And their thought is we'll outrace it straight down underneath it. Instead of swinging to the, to the left about a foot, but Hey, adrenaline's running and you're not always going to make good decisions. No kid for that
0: one. No. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, adults are fucking stupid. So yeah. Uh, I mean speaking of performances there's so many good ones there are so many good performances in this performances in this movie Uh, Sam Neill plays a a, a fantastic role Laura Dern this is probably one of my favorite Laura Dern roles Uh, the only other one that I probably liked more was like Citizen Ruth Um, although I feel like her hair changed like eight times in this movie it's, it's,
1: you know, uh, that sort of thing happens sometimes.
0: I guess over the course of a 36-hour period or so. Um, I mean, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Jackson and Wayne Knight and Richard Attenborough and Bob Peck, like the whole cast of this movie just, they really, really did a fantastic job of, of casting this and uh, Spielberg of directing it and getting, getting everybody on their marks and on their, their you know, to 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 do their stuff right like to to act good
1: (laughs) you you know how all the time i'm always hanging out on the internet sites on the websites and the the different conglomerations of web trivia places
0: god if i have to hear you talk (laughs) about your your websites and stuff anymore I'll, i'll go nuts Yes,
1: absolutely. I'm always, posting, I'm always posting on my MySpace about all the cool websites I'm finding all over the web and the internet. Um, I, I just happened... I went to type in, because I was trying to remember the name of the actor that played Muldoon, and I accidentally pulled up a Jurassic Park fan page for Robert Muldoon, and I wanted to tell you one of the interesting trivia facts, one of those little-known things that you never would have noticed on your own. Okay. But this is something that if you're a real fan, um, it turns out Muldoon hated the Velociraptors more than any other of the carnivorous dinosaurs. I'm not- so, you know, you probably didn't notice that because, you you know, you're not a real fan. Um, but yeah, apparently his character just wasn't a big fan of them.
0: Which is wild because he worked directly with them almost all the time.
1: Yeah, so that was Bob Peck who played Muldoon. Ah, Good, good job! Incredible, clever girl, clever girl. (laughs) My favorite, my favorite, quote unquote, ugly Christmas sweater is the one that I own that has three uh, velociraptors on it, adorned like kings or wise men, but it's the three clever girls because it's like three (laughs) velociraptors and. And it's great, and I love it, and it makes me happy. I, I enjoy it so much when I wore it to work a couple of years ago. One of the guys I worked with was just like, how can I get that sweater? And he immediately bought one for himself online the day that I
0: <laughs> wore it to there. So, ah, good times. That's amazing. You know, there was something that I had actually forgotten from previous viewings, and it was really... Honestly, it's kind of the opening sequence. Like when when it started up i I kind of had vague recollections of speaking of uh Muldoon the the whole Raptor transport scene at the very very beginning of the movie where the uh the gate operator gets eaten or, or killed mm-hmm. at least um, I had forgotten that that scene even happened and so when it opened up on it I I had a momentary kind of surprise followed by oh yeah that's what this was one scene that immediately followed it i had no recollection of and that was of uh uh what's his face the lawyer um the the blood-sucking blood-sucking lawyer Gennaro on the the raft on his way to the amber mine and I don't know if it's because I saw those two scenes as sort of inconsequential to the overall plot of the movie, or if I just got old and forgot. You got old. Yeah, it's probably that I got
1: old. Because uh, you need you need to set up why they need you know so called experts to evaluate this this park anyway. It's not because Hammond just really wanted that. It was just for insurance purposes. And so they well, had. It to
0: wasn't it. even insurance, it was investors. It was just the investors that wanted it.
1: The investors were all insurance agents. That's another fun fact oh. on the Waldoon website.
0: Interesting. I had no yep. idea.
1: Um, another interesting fact on here was um, apparently there's going to be a, a Jurassic Park 2. And that Muldoon will not be in that movie because he is presumed dead.
0: I mean, it looked like he did kinda of die a little bit in But we never Jurassic we never but... saw a body. That is a universal movie rule, is that if you don't see a body, it's you know, it didn't happen. <laughs> but I wonder if maybe we just didn't see a body because it would have been pretty fucking brutal.
1: Yeah, or it would have revealed that he was actually a cyborg. Hashtag Terminator 3. Rise of the (laughs) dinosaurs. Rise of the
0: dinosaurs.
1: (laughs) And then Muldoon just walks around and he he has all the same quotes, but now it's a different context. Oh, oh, wait.
0: Rise of the dino boards. Rise of the dino... Fuck. I'm going to edit the shit out of that now.
1: Yeah, edit that in. Definitely fix that in in post. Um, But I love how you could really you could just mangle and push in a lot of his lines and it would turn out to be a good terminator type movie crossover cuz you have <laughs> him like in the beginning when when they're transporting the raptor and he's like shoot
0: her shoot her like uh, that would he be he his means like, sarah connor
1: yeah shoot sarah connor and that baby boy cuz no one likes baby boys that cuz kids are stupid i mean yeah. i didn't say that it was the terminator movies and his other line they should all be destroyed. That's another one, except he's talking about humans instead of raptors. Yep. I mean, it just works for pretty much everything. Clever be, girl.
0: When he goes to the bathroom and he's like, I'll be back. I'll like, be back. Yeah, I mean, classic.
1: It's, it writes itself. It does. Quiet, all of you. They're approaching the Terminator paddock. <laughs> but yeah, the, I think, honestly we're having I can have a lot of fun talking about this movie but I have a hard time staying focused because the the beauty of this movie to me is is more ethereal than it is locked down and trapped within the workings of the plot and I mean like you said the performances are, are great across the board especially considering they're acting against you know puppets or dinosaur stand-ins or not not a lot of green screen but you know in some instances not a lot of action and activity and and so like there are so many things that that go right in this that just make it feel kind of like a wonderful far-off believable place that like when you do bring up little parts and that may or may not be that great it's like oh yeah i guess i guess someone who is just casually observing this movie could kind of pick it apart and just like a reoccurring theme i think Throughout the summer blockbusters, this should be my thesis. If I was doing, uh, if I was going for uh, my doctorate in summer (laughs) blockbusterology, it it would be uh, one of the main ingredients of most super block, super summer blockbusters is that, like, you have to turn off a little part of your brain and just have fun with whatever you're being presented. Otherwise, you could just tear these things apart because they're supposed to be ridiculous.
0: And. There, I mean, there's a lot to that, right? Like, there's, there's always this element of, you know, ridiculousness. Like you said, like, and ever since we started doing this podcast, like, one thing I've, I've had to kind of remind myself is suspending disbelief is really important, and understanding that, you know, a lot of this shit probably isn't going to happen, at least not in our lifetimes, uh, you know. Whether it be cyborgs or uh, dinosaurs being cloned or, uh, you know, worms that, you know, eat people. Worms. Fucking yeah. graboids. Uh, like it's, it, you know, it's probably not going to happen. But you, you, you kind of let go of that and just sort of take these movies for what they were intended to be and try to get as much entertainment value out of them as you can. Yeah,
1: Otherwise you, you end up watching Velociraptors in a kitchen and granted, maybe they can't get a secure footing on the tile floors, but that's not exactly cheetah speed when they're running after the kids and going a little bit slower than electrified kids stumbling through a hallway. You know, that's like, clumsy old dog speed that's not cheetah speed for an attack but you know what we're gonna let that go because we're having fun here right well
0: so here's what i'll say in that regard because i i i have i have an issue with your 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 valuation of that particular scene uh so that kitchen floor is probably tile or linoleum or or some other slick kind of surface
1: it's not linoleum he spared no expense
0: oh sorry it it probably is like proper ceramic tile maybe even marble tile like given that it's you know yeah john hammond but
1: imported from turkey
0: yep for sure uh and when You have a a slick surface without a lot of grab on it and you're not wearing you know some kind of rubberized footwear you're going to slip around and my dog my small dog who happens to be laying on the floor here next to me uh is a prime example when i come home uh, he tries to run on our uh our laminate flooring or our ceramic tile and he's all claw and just stays in place for a solid three and a half seconds before he finally gets some grip and starts moving. So I, I'm, I'm going to call foul on the idea that they would somehow have cheetah speed in this kitchen. Nope. When they're mostly claw. <laughs> You're wrong. They're Here's like why. 98% claw.
1: Right. Okay. Mostly 98% all the same, but this is what they should have done. And I know why they did things that, the way they did it is because they wanted to frame a shot between the legs, you know, of the raptor chasing the the people. Like they like that shot, so they used it. But if I wanted to believe this in some way, I would have wanted to see the raptors. I want to want to see the raptors and Nikes, because if they're smart enough to figure out open doors, they're smart enough to get an endorsement <laughs> deal, and they could jump higher. You know, they can get out of their pen if they had Nike. Like, why did they not explore the whole gym shoe sneaker, you know, type angle? That's the real travesty here. Muldoon, yeah, they're real clever, but they can't seem to order from Zappos. (laughs) Not that clever. (laughs) Now, what
0: was the real thing you were going to say?
1: The real thing I was going to say was if there would have been a little bit of them slipping a bit, on the kitchen tile like they obviously the one slipped in the freezer but like if instead of just having them walk normal and then you know you know that was the sound they make was they like peel back ready to pounce um but like if they would have just had some kind of movement or slip a little stumble step here and there then i'd be a little more on board but as it is we're just we're left to wonder why couldn't that velociraptor just eat that kid that's all i wanted to happen why
0: indeed he left us he left us
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it's important we we hate to to bring up other topics or other movies i mean we that's not our style and we certainly don't like to bring up you know so-called sequels but there is this one movie that happened after jurassic park that is just utter garbage so it's hard to even mention it for any real reason except to say i can complain all day about velociraptors in a kitchen not achieving cheetah speed and that just is nothing compared to having a small girl do a gymnastic flip god damn it
0: knocking (laughs) into
1: a thousand pound dinosaur just crashing it through a wall and like yeah
0: i'm Uh, so glad we didn't do this whole trilogy because fuck that we would have spent an hour on just that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jurassic Park 3, I feel, is not horrible, but The Lost World,
0: oh. So, so bad. I mean, just The Lost World, you have Jeff Goldblum, hard stop, and then at least in Jurassic Park 3, you have Sam Neill comes back, and you have William H Macy, and you know you have you have Sam Neill, you have William H Macy, you have Taylor Leone, and like you have this this cast that you know is conducive to making at least a halfway decent movie. The Lost World, not so much. And it's... you know what
1: happens in in the Lost World? There's a a, a kid that's in peril from from dinosaurs you know what happens in jurassic park 3 there's a a kid who's stranded on an island after a parasailing accident who's threatened by dinosaurs you know what, happens what? In Jurassic world Stupid, oh like there's kids in a ball a kid right and a teenager in a ball getting chased by dinosaurs you know what happens in the sequel jurassic world fallen kingdom there's still kids who are in trouble because they're like oh i'm gonna go and look and see what kind of secret experiments are happening and oh what's no, behind this cage yeah I got caught. Ah. so it's a, it's a theme it's a you know, it's
0: a you know looking at the cast of jurassic park or, or at the lost world it is a little hard to understand why it was so bad. Don't because make us watch it. I'm not. I'm not. Oh. But I'm just saying, like, you have Jeff Goldblum. You have Julianne Moore. Uh, you have uh, Richard Attenborough's back. And Vince Vaughn is there. And Peter Stormare is there. And, like, you have at least a few halfway decent actors in this movie. Why wasn't it good at
1: all? And honestly, I really like the Lost World book, the novel. Um, sure. So I was I was, triply let down by what they didn't manage to do with the the movie sequel, um, and and yeah, the the Jurassic Park original book by Michael Crichton. Like I I I read and reread that thing many times just because I was so into it. So I have I, to my say... kid
0: is almost completely worn out his paperback of Jurassic Park. <laughs>
1: And like watching the movie, when I first watched it the very first time, I was a bit distracted because there's elements that are not the same as the book. And I knew the book so well that a part of me was just reveling in and enjoying the experience of seeing all these dinosaurs. But a part of me was just a little distracted that certain scenes weren't included. Um, So I should have learned my lesson right there. I wasn't, I wasn't, even though I was, you know, well.
0: But here's the thing is like, you could say the same thing for any movie franchise based on a book if you look at yeah uh, uh lord of the rings and how tom bombadil's not in it like that's yes. that's probably my chief complaint about the lord of the rings trilogy is that tom <laughs> bombadil's not in it
1: let but, me just say one thing out of many out
0: of many many things the one thing uh lord of the rings. The, not the one thing but probably my chief complaint but the the point is is like you have a a finite amount of time in a movie to get your your story across, and there's going to be elements that just don't make it in or elements that are embellished from the original source material that just, you know... It's going to alienate some people who are diehard, true, like, purists to whatever the the source material was, and, you know, it it is what it is, but... like, I mean, Then there's going to be people like you who you know you understand okay like i really love this book i'm also going to really love the movie despite the fact that not everything it's not going to be a a line for line remake of my yeah. my you know this book that i really enjoyed i feel
1: like obviously one of the big advantages of movies over books is the the realization the physicalization the conjuring of you know, images rather than it being just in our heads. And I'm not saying it's always better, but it's it's a different, you know, medium. And it just kills me when there's like something that I loved visually from a book, some, some image from a book that they didn't pull in or they didn't create or they didn't, you know, manage to weave into the story of whatever the movie was, whether it's for technical reasons or cost or edits or whatever it is. Like in Lost World, I remember just, one of the scenes in my head that I wanted to have and I found out later was just cut and never really done, but it was one of the scenes where they're on a river and I think it's the Tyrannosaurus, I want to say, but it's like, they like, oh, we're safe. We're on the water. It's not going to come and get us. And then it like it climbs into the water and starts swimming. and It looks just like a huge alligator in the water going, you know, going after them. And, and like, I just love that scene in the book and, and that wasn't there, but By and large, I think a lot of times with these huge blockbusters, um, it it feels like there's gimmicks that are presented and they're like, let's just make a movie around that. And they don't always work so hard on, on the script and they don't always focus on what's realistic and they don't always focus on you know, the uh, rooting the characters and a a really developed sense of who they are and what their ambitions are and why, why they're doing what they do. Like, like they, they touch on them, they play with them, but it never gets too deep. And, and that's okay. Like you don't have to have incredibly deep stories with, with people like that. But, you know, we can reference movies and we do that sometimes on the show, (laughs) movies that we have nothing to do with what we're watching. What? When have we ever done that? but i I think one of the movies we've referenced several times in other discussions that I will bring up again here is a movie like Logan where mm-hmm. you you have a comic book superhero you know super fantasy kind of world a universe where they exist but it's a grounded real performance with lots of motivation and and relationships and and emotion and it's just like it's so deep and there's so much to it in the presentation that it feels as close to artwork as i see in a movie of that type um but like as much as i love jurassic park and all the all the many 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 things that make me happy about it it it's it it's just a thing you know it's not it's not art it is just a fun Enjoyable experience that makes me feel good, but there wasn't, you know, anything in here other than visual effects and perhaps the score that deserves true recognition. Like even the performances we saw, they they were good, but what were they given? They weren't given much.
0: That's a fair assessment to make, and and I I get what you're saying about how, like, you know, there there are plenty of movies that are adapted from from books that. You know, it it brings a new element and, and you know sort of a new enjoyment to that that story. But changing mediums doesn't necessarily make that happen. I can give you two examples. One being uh, the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. Like that's a, a book series that I I loved reading uh, as you mm-hmm. know in, in my my late teens and early twenties. Uh, that when it became a TV show uh it, it was it, it left so much to be desired another especially beloved book series uh that I can reference in regard to that is the dark tower and yep. <laughs> seeing seeing what they did with the film and when you take it as its own thing sort of like when we uh when we watched joker uh, when you take it as its own thing like it's no, actually, it's still not good, but the performances themselves were actually pretty decent. Like uh, Idris Elba's performance was great. Matthew McConaughey's performance was great, but the the way that they took that story and adapted it in the way that they did to that medium, it left it, it left an entire fan base out in the cold. So it it can that that door swings both ways very very easily. Uh, and you don't know what you're gonna get until you watch it. Obviously, but all too often, it's it's bad.
1: All too often, the person or people involved have taken away the shells to your gun and replaced them with tranquilizers, and expect you to shoot that T Rex and just transport him secretly to San Diego. Yeah, that just hap- That happens. So yep. I mean, I think the best way we could you know start to come to a conclusion on our Jurassic Park movie is to complain more about the lost world. Let me tell you. I-
0: so I'm going to cut out the uh the lost world complaint. It's the, 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 it's been so long. So so long. Uh so well, we're our- we're just going to launch into the podcast's question. It's only going to be
1: 5 minutes long if you take out all my lost world complaints. <laughs> You sound like you have a final question.
0: I do, and you're not going to like it. Oh, boy, that's my favorite kind. Great. So, excluding the movie that we watched this week. Hamilton? Is, yep. Okay. No. Excluding Jurassic Park, the the first 1993 Jurassic Park movie, mm. what is your favorite entry in... The Jurassic Park series so far.
1: <laughs> Does it have to be a movie? Yes. Okay.
0: It cannot be a book.
1: Um, can it be just like a little video short done? Nope. Like, oh, darn it. It can't be Pee Wee Herman
0: riding a bike. <laughs> feature length. Feature length film. Jurassic Park, so well, your choices are The no, Lost World, that. Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
1: I mean, it's an easy answer. The correct answer is Jurassic World because it was basically doing Jurassic Park again. And so, I mean, it, it got the least wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it comes in at number one after Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's I mean all... that
0: that was that was gonna be my answer. Like is everything else is not good. I mean, Jurassic Park Three is okay, but the Lost World and Fallen Kingdom are just just not good. Yeah, I, I honestly I'm trying to think I don't think I've
1: rewatched Fallen Kingdom. So I I've watched The Lost World more than once because I had to be sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I just I couldn't risk that maybe I had like sustained a brain injury or something. But yeah, I'm willing to at some point when I have free time to rewatch Fallen Kingdom and see if it's if it's okay or not. Um, but yeah, I'm not holding my breath too hard. And and honestly, I, I'll I'll watch it and I'm looking forward to it on some level. But Jurassic World Dominion, eh, I can't anticipate it being any good, no matter how they want to sell the premise to me. I've just seen too many of these movies to realize it's hard to hard to take a concept and really turn it into like a good movie with these.
0: Well, so here is my counter to that is, and if you are looking at a, a a bar graph of the original trilogy of Jurassic, you Park, know I am. You have Jurassic Park at, at the very top at say one hundred percent good. And then The Lost World at, like, 20% good. And then Jurassic Park 3 at, like, 60% good. So if we're using that same scale, you have uh, Jurassic World at, say, 80% good. And then Fallen Kingdom at, like, 5% good. So there's a good chance we're going to get, like, a 40 or 50% good with Dominion.
1: So you're... So I take it you're in agreement about the best movie after Jurassic Park. Do you also feel Jurassic World?
0: Yes. Oh, yes.
1: For sure. But the important conclusion is that you're saying Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is a lot worse than The Lost World? Yes. Oh, okay. So you're wrong about that. Oh, Um, am I? Yeah, because they had shiny dinosaurs in Fallen Kingdom. Who doesn't want a shiny metallic looking dinosaur? That's cool, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I have have completely rethink. You, I've really changed your mind here. It,
0: it's not a hard sell. Like shit on top of shit is still shit. So
1: <laughs> that's why I don't like kids. You can cut that out. I don't know what that means. I don't um, know what that means either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right, everyone. That is our episode on Jurassic Park, episode sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening each and every week. We distill new favorites from our past every Monday, so come and hang out with us, and make sure you're telling your friends and your family and your coworkers to check out the Memory Distillery. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and pretty much every podcast platform you can think of. We're there. So, you know, direct your friends and everyone else to go and listen to us. Uh, We have a lot of fun and we want you guys to have a lot of fun with your friends while listening to us. So there's that.
1: That is an important thing. Having fun is great. Just the same way we have fun when we listen to music, whether it's for this podcast or otherwise. And this week, the music in our podcast was brought to you by a combination of Nate Miller, John Williams, and Semaphore. Not necessarily in that order. But the song Destroying the Evidence by Semaphore is most certainly the song you hear most often on the beginning, middle, and end of our podcast. So we love to just throw it back to them, tell you guys check them out because it's really great music. Solid albums that you can find just about anywhere you'd look for music. Also, please reach out to us at our email, memorydistillery at gmail.com. Um, we're, we're, that's, that's it. We finished. Summer blockbuster's over. Summer's over. The year's almost over. What are we going to do next? Well, if you want to keep up to date with us, you want to keep up... Checking on Twitter at TMDPod. That's our Instagram handle as well, as well as our Facebook page. Uh, some cool things on the horizon. Something kind of revolutionary just around the corner. But you're going to need to tune in to see how can we top the summer blockbuster series. Uh, we got series on top of series on top of series. And we need you to, to stay tuned so we can get your feedback and you can keep us in line and make sure we do a good show. Uh, but we do thank you for listening to our podcast about one of the greatest movies ever made, Jurassic Park. And for that, I'd like to thank you personally as your main co host that loved Jurassic Park more than anyone else, John Deck.
0: And I'm Anthony Verneri, and this has been the Memory Distillery. Adds, right. Dodson! See,
1: no one cares. <laughs> we, we made choices.
0: <laughs> oh, man.